Welcome to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Hi, everyone. It's so good to be here at the city with all of you. It's really been a fun bunch right here, right now in the studio, actually. <laughs> Can you all give them a big hand wherever you are out there? You know, they're really doing such a tremendous job here in the city. Right. You know, it's really been nice to come back here into the city and even down to Cecil Street. It brings back fond memories for me because some of you may not know, 30 years ago, I had an office just a few blocks from here, an architect's practice along Cecil Street. You know, and so to be able to just kind of say, I'm back in town, it's kind of nice. <laughs> okay. But really, before I go any further, I'd like to just say a very special thank you to Pastor Andre for just this kind invitation to join and to serve you, the city family, on this very special weekend, especially on this Father's Day weekend too. You know, and I know he's father for the first time. For me, I'm grandfather for the first time <laughs> this year. So with that, you know, we are really rejoicing. So again, uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there uh, where you are connected in. You know, it's really fun and I pray that you will have a really good day today with your family and your loved ones. Amen? Amen. Can, before we go any further, can we just go to God in prayer? Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your awesome presence. Lord, wherever we are gathered, whether here or in our living rooms or even in our bedrooms and in the places where you are connected in, Lord, we know we gather in your name. And Father, as we gather in your name, you are there with us. So Father, I pray especially for that very special presence to not just be connected online, but to be connected divinely to your Holy Spirit's presence. And Father, today, even as we gather over your Word, may your Word speak and teach us. And Father, right now I ask, especially for the empowerment and the presence of the Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, that your Spirit will lead, guide us, prompt us, instruct us and even minister to us right now. Father, I pray that the words from my mouth and the meditations of my heart, Lord, will be acceptable before you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 You know, we are living in interesting times. Some people will say, understatement of the year. <laughs> Because you see, it does not take too much to figure out that this COVID-19 pandemic, even a year on, is still shaking the world around us today. If you recall this time last year, we just got out of the circuit breaker, the Singapore lockdown. And I'm sure like many of you, you had this hope that this crisis would pass and that things would just get better. You would have noticed I, know, I, I think you would have noticed on 31st December 2020 that many were quick to wish 2020 away, right? And, and say a quick goodbye. And everyone was looking forward to 2021, that it would be a better year. But you know, not too long into 2021, we begin to realize that this COVID-19 thing is not going to go away too soon. And in fact, even today, halfway through 2021, it seems like things may seem to even may have to get worse before it gets better. Have you noticed lately in your conversations, more people are talking about pandemic fatigue. Work from home and home-based learning isn't the perfect combination. Many say that they can't just wait to get back to the office. Mental health issues are popping up everywhere. More bizarre, strange behaviours are out in the streets. And more often than not, the growing sense that of weariness and hopelessness. In fact, I suspect the new normal is not so normal. 
But you know, I believe we're experiencing something that is really, really prophetically written in, in Haggai chapter 2, verse 20 to 23. Let me read it to you. The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month. Tell Zerubbabel, governor of Judea, that I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn thrones, overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers. Horses and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, out of Shutel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. You know, this is happening before our very eyes today. The collapse of systems, institutions, and all the worldly dependencies are being shaken. But yet, amidst all this shaking, there's still that reminder that God is up to something. Something is arising. The authority and the rule of the kingdom of God. In fact, the scripture says, He will make you His signet ring and His chosen one. So what then is clear? What is clear is this. There's a shaking in the heavens and the earth. Will you be shaken? Yes. Will the nations be shaken? Yes. Will the church be shaken? Yes. But you see, the bigger question for all of us is, will we be shaken and secured? Will we be shaken and secured? You see, many of you would have seen this meme going around where the devil says, with COVID-19, you know, I have closed all your churches. And God says, on the contrary, I've just opened one in every home. Now, it may look a bit funny as a meme or a cartoon, but I want to say in all seriousness, this is no joke. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is no joke. You see, I believe this is more real today than we realize. Many of our church buildings may be closed or restricted, but God has just opened up a church in every home. And right where you are right now, in your room, in that living room, maybe this is the real deal after all. Could this be the revival that we have all been praying for? See, this was not the joke that I believe the devil intended, but in reality, it could, have been, it could be God's unique plan and strategy to plant a church in every home and an ecclesia in every family. Maybe, maybe this is God's unique plan to plant a church in every home and ecclesia in every family. You see, when this word first got to me, just as we went into the circuit breaker last year, the Lord brought to mind this declaration that is found in Joshua 24, 15. Can I invite you now, wherever you are tuning in on this service, to read along with me aloud and declare with me. Joshua 24, 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Let's say that one more time. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You see, allow me to share with you a bit of the context of what this declaration from Joshua 24, 15 is about and how it struck me. You see, it was a very unique moment in the history of God's people. This was, there was uncertainty and fear of the future. Joshua, their leader, was about to pass on and they were just about to go in and settle into a land they were, they were not quite familiar with. Uh, and, and, and definitely, it was not business as usual. More like a national crisis. More like a new normal for them. But Joshua recognized that it was an important and significant moment to secure a commitment from each of the family and household. 
It was like his final altar call as he invited families and tribes to join him and his family to make this declaration together, knowing that in the days ahead, things are going to be quite different. They may be rattled and may be shaken, but their hope and their security must be anchored in God. I believe Joshua understood the spiritual significance and implication of this declaration and this dedication, both for himself, his family, and the people of God. But please note here, this is not a magic chant, okay? I believe with all my heart that it is a prayer. It is a prayer call out to God, a commitment and a dedication that reaches the heart of God. So since this pandemic, I've had this strong sense that God, through this crisis, wants to work on restoring homes and families for His glory. He wants to shake, He wants to awaken, He wants to rebuild the family altar. He wants to restore and strengthen godly families again. And to this end, it should therefore not surprise us that the stresses and the pains and the battles that many families and homes are going through. But you see, it is in this shaking that the families will be strengthened. So today, I'm really excited to be here to share this message with you, to celebrate and to mark this Father's Day by dedicating our homes and our families to the Lord, to restore and to rebuild the family altar again. You see, at the close of this service, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray for fathers and for fathers to stand in their place and to dedicate their families and their homes by declaring, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This prophetic declaration will be like a mark we paint on our doorposts will be like a stake that we drive into the ground to secure our tent. will be like a banner that we raise over our homes and our families today. However, I believe this is not just a word for the mummies and the daddies. So all you singles and the children, don't, 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 don't tune out on me, okay? Right? I believe this is a dedication, both young and old, single, married, we can all make together. Why? Because you see, each one of us are part of a family. You, in fact, if you are the only one even in your family right now who knows Jesus Christ, in fact, you have a op unique opportunity to call and stand in the gap and to declare on behalf of your family and believe that all that we're going to say and declare today will indeed be a blessing for God for your family. I believe with all my heart that as we declare this together, we will secure families, not just Christian families, families for God. So this is what we're going to do today in this message. We will take a closer look at what this declaration is saying and how and why this secures our hearts and our households in the Lord. I see three important spiritual principles that will be activated when we pray this into the throne room of His grace. So let's start. Firstly, as we declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Number one, this is a declaration of faith and commitment. We are basically saying the Lord is Lord and my relationship is secure. You see, this clearly, first and foremost, is that kind of faith commitment to God. We will serve the Lord. But what is more important to take note is that there was an important moment when this commitment was asked for. If you go back to Joshua 24, 15 again, you will say this, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. You see, this is what I call the life-defining question. Choose you this day whom you will serve. I call this the mother of all questions because you see, each one of us must answer to sooner or later. Whom you serve, whom you worship, whom you put your faith in and whom you put your trust in, who is the master of your life? 
why does this why does this why why is why is this choice why does this choice matter? You see, you and I are who we are today because of the choices we made yesterday. The choices we make today will have impact on the decisions we'll be making tomorrow. This is what. That's why the choices we make today establishes a pattern, a habit, the foundational values of our lives. In fact, each and every choice we make today impacts our tomorrow. The slides can go to the next few slides. Okay. In fact, the Bible tells us that we can choose blessing or we can choose curse. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 to 20, this is what it says. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call upon heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land and the Lord has swore to give your ancestors Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So we see here in Scripture, it is very clear that if you choose God to love Him and to obey Him, you choose blessing and you choose life. So that question again, choose you this day whom you will serve. You know, an interesting note in Joshua 24, it says, when the people spontaneously replied to Joshua when he asked them this question, right, Joshua was not quite convinced about their reply. In fact, he doubted the answer. He said, are you sure lah? Okay, right? Are you sure or not? Okay? In fact, Joshua 24, 19 to 20 then goes on to say, Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is the holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, He will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after He had been good to you. And then he went on to clarify for them what this commitment really means. In Joshua 24, to 23 to 24. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey Him. I believe what Joshua was trying to get across was that this declaration was a serious one. It was a serious call to commit to the Lord God Himself. What I believe he was really saying is this, unless he is the Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. Unless he is the Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. But what really is the bottom line security of this declaration? Where does this real source of this security come from? It's interesting, Pastor Andre read from Psalm 121. Verse 1 and verse 2 says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. David in Psalm 16 verse 8 says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him on my right hand, I will not be shaken. There's a commentary that says this, Rehearsing who God is for us can transform everything. What we believe about God can be life and death for us today. It will make all the difference if we know God to be our reliable Saviour, our Sovereign Lord and our greatest treasure. Yes, this is where the real security is found. Our relationship and our identity with our Creator, the Maker of heaven and earth. Who we serve, who we belong to, and who we are. That is really our ultimate security. I'm sure I see many young people here today. Just a week back, many of us know that the internet world was abuzz by a young lady singer from Ohio. Her name, Jamie McCleskey, uh, with a stage name called Nightbird. 
She impressed the judges in the, in the latest uh, uh, season of, of, of AGT, America's Got Talent, with a golden buzzer uh, uh, from none other than the toughest and the harshest uh, judge, Simon Cowell himself. Not only did she have a beautiful voice and a wonderful song, but what moved everyone was her life-inspiring story of being a three-times cancer overcomer before she was 30. Doctors say she had a 2% chance of survival and a six months to live. And when she was asked about how she could look so happy and good while carrying all the pain in her body, she gave this most inspiring response. The next slide, please. You can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. You can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. I think it took everyone, it was it inspired and touched everyone when she said that. But what was more, even more exciting was that to hear her testify of the source of which she could find that strength. A God that she loved so intimately and intensely that she wrote in her blog this, He doesn't take away my darkness, He adds light. He doesn't spare me from thirst, He brings water. He doesn't cure my loneliness, He comes near. So why do we believe that when we are in pain, it must mean God is far? So similarly, in, in a crisis, sometimes we think that crisis, God is far. Maybe in crisis, God is nearer than we think. That's why she then went on to write in one of her blogs, she says, I remind myself, and that's why it reminded me of Joshua too. He says, I remind myself that I'm praying to the God who let the Israelites stay lost for decades. They begged to arrive in the promised land, but instead He let them wander answering prayers that they didn't even pray. For 40 years, their shoes didn't wear well. Fire lit the path each night. Every morning, He sent them mercy bread from heaven. Oh, I really like that. Every morning, He sent them mercy bread from heaven. As I think about my daily life, each moment, do we wake up each day, even in the midst of all this uncertainty, in the midst of all this, this pandemic, in the midst of all this crisis, do you know that God has deposited mercy bread for us? I was personally so inspired. And I believe it came out of a declaration of faith and commitment. It came out of a position on which she chose to worship the Lord, to serve God first. So just like Nightbird, when we declare, as for me and my house, we would serve the Lord. This declaration of faith and commitment really secures us. It is this, this secures our relationship and this relationship secures us. And this is where we come from. That's why when we say we will serve the Lord, it is a declaration of that faith and commitment. So number one, yes, it's a declaration of faith and commitment. Number two, when I say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, what does it mean? It means it's a declaration of mission and purpose. The promise of His destiny, my calling is settled. You see, as Joshua led his people to make this declaration, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He led them to a place to affirm and remind them again of their mission and purpose as God's chosen people to serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 13 and 14 says this, So I gave you a land in which you did not toil, and cities you did not build, and you live in them and eat of their vineyard and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors. Worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. He reminded them that from where they had come from, when they had no land, no place to call their own, how God called them out and provided all their needs. So although the circumstances ahead right, will still look a bit uncertain, as God has already, as God called out once, they have a God-given calling and a God-given purpose to serve the Lord. 
You see, as this pandemic continues to shake and to rattle us, as they say, anything that can be shaken will be shaken. I believe it will lead us quickly to the very next big question of life. Why am I here? What am I living for? Why is this happening? Is there a reason? Is there a mission and purpose for me living in these times? Many are rattled out of their comfort zones and just in, uh, not just in their business or in their daily living, but also in their faith and their purposes. Don't much of this shaking we would have had to grapple and deal with what really is essential or not. In fact, we are thinking about it is not so much what we do, but why we do. And so some have gotten themselves derailed and some may even have lost their way. And you notice that this was not just happening on a personal level. If you notice too, lately this dilemma seemed to even have gone up to the corporate levels and even to organisational levels. No longer are just the bottom line numbers relevant for today. In fact, there's a need to search for meaning and purpose. And I believe this same shaking and this same rattling is also happening to the church and to the body of Christ where we have to grapple again with what is essential, what is core, what is really, really needed in this time. In fact, I believe it is a time for the church to begin to rethink, reimagine, revision, and even repurpose itself. But what did Joshua do? We can learn a lesson from him to help his people understand and appreciate the cause and the call that God has for them. In fact, what he did was to retell history. He went back again to the stories of where they came from. And so in Joshua 23, verse 4 and 5, we see this. Remember, Joshua said, how I have allotted an inheritance for your tribes, all the land of your nations that remain, the nations I conquered between the Jordan and the Mediterranean Sea in the west. The Lord your God Himself will push them out of your sake, for your sake. He will drive them out before you and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. And then he goes on again to restate again this truth with a sense of urgency. So in, verse, in chapter 23, verse 14, it says, Now I am about to go the way of the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all of good, God's good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. You see, most importantly, Joshua reminded them that their sense of mission and their sense of purpose really must be founded in who God is. Every promise has been fulfilled and that the God that they worship is worthy of our purpose in life. Serve Him only. You see, I believe Joshua was at a crucial point of transition and change. But what I believe he was especially concerned about was probably the next generation. Did they really get it or not? Were they ready to live out the blessings and the inheritance of God has provided for them? Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. The mission and purpose is very clear. Serve the Lord. You see, personally, as part of what we would call the older and senior generation, we do too have our concerns when we look at the generations in Singapore. Do they even grasp and appreciate the provisions and the blessings of God or has it become just entitlements? I've often said, with all the wonderful blessings that we have been living here in Singapore, maybe my generation may have raised an overblessed and under-tested generation. Do they treasure, value and know the faithfulness of God to us and to our land? Will they be able to commit to this declaration, we will serve the Lord? In fact, the recent publication of the Singapore Census 2020 made this comment that many young people claiming to have no religion. I believe what would be an interesting question or a deeper question to ask how many of these came from Christian homes? This sends some chills 
down my back. Well, you see, this is what this COVID-19 crisis has done for us or is doing for us. I see a generation of sing- in Singapore being tested and shaped by what they call a crisis of a generation. Yes, we see how this shaking brings out the true character in each of us, both the good and the bad. But this is where, this is where we, the people of God, must act in the opposite spirit, called to be salt and light. We do, we do have a mission, we do have a purpose to live for, to serve the Lord and to seek the welfare of this nation. And to indeed believe that God has called us here in a time such as this for a purpose and a mission such as this. I'm so happy to be here with you in the City Church. I know this church is rising up in this time. I know this church has put up, uh, stood up and stepped forward to help, to be part, and to, to be part of helping even the migrant workers in this season. Go ahead, do more. I believe more can be done because I believe in this crisis, more opportunities are going to open up for the church. And it is really us to us to shape a new generation even in this new season. But there's an important point to note here in, in Joshua 24. When Joshua reminded the tribes about their mission and purpose, he pointed them back to the land. He pointed them back to the promised land. This is the land in which they will live out the promises of their destiny. You see, God's missions and purpose is always anchored in the land that God, that God has given us. That's why I believe with all my heart that our personal destiny is intricately entwined with the destiny of the land God has given us. Our personal destiny is intricately entwined with the destiny of the land God has given us. So that's why this declaration or this call is of mission and purpose is not just a call to us on a personal level or even at a family level. I believe it is a call to us uh, uh, at the level of which we must seek the destiny of our people and the destiny of this nation. Therefore, as this crisis continues to play out even at a global level, when nations begin to shut down on each other, one concern that I had was that will Singapore be able to fulfill it's Singapore's destiny. Because I believe Singapore's destiny involves around the fact that, that we should be a nation serving nations. And that's why when all this thing was happening, I was very concerned that, that we 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 being so blessed in Singapore by our government and by all the support that we have through all the very agencies that we get comfortable. And we get to the point where we think that this is the answer. I pray that we would not, that we would really grow and come out of this crisis serving and thriving. That's why I remind myself and everyone that we must grow from here. Yes, these things uh, seem to restrict us and lock us in, but we must not be hemmed in. We must go. We must go. Well, it's interesting that today, 20th June 2021, is Father's Day. But you know that tw- June 2021 is also World Refugee Day. I wonder whether there's some correlation. Anyway, <laughs> But last Friday, the UN reported that the number of displaced persons in the world today is at a record high. The number of people leaving their homes due to persecution, conflict, violence and human rights violations have increased to 82.4 million, according to the global trends reported from the United Nations High Commission of, for Refugees, the UNHCR. Why did I bring this up? Because you see, just yesterday morning, I was at a very exciting launch and commission of Habibi Singapore, which is a non government organization, NGO, NPO, that is serving in the refugee space, coming out of Singapore. And what is more exciting was to be at that launch to see them preparing and commissioning four young ladies, Singaporeans, okay, willing and ready, prepared by God with awesome testimonies and and God encounters. Next month, they are going in. They are going into an area 
to serve the refugees. Habibi uh, uh, International and Habibi Singapore works among what they call the Yazidi people, a, a, a group that was fleeing the genocides out of Kurdistan. And these four young ladies are ready by God, prepared by God as a team from Singapore and going in there to serve them. And their vision is to see, a Singap- to see Singaporeans journey with forcibly displaced persons in the Middle East towards holistic health. In the next few years, we hope to see a community centre set up providing physical, mental and community health services. Wow, I was so excited. And as I was thinking about today's sermon, I said, no, 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 our Singapore young people are getting ready. They are not sitting down and I'm so excited about that. I've been meeting with uh, mission agencies and, and, and networks all over Singapore too. All the missionaries in Singapore are getting ready. They're, they're, look, they're not looking at the pandemic as something that's going to hold them down. They're just waiting for doors to be opened, opportunities to be ready and, and more so, interesting, exciting things are happening. I heard of one story when a missionary was about to go and bam, COVID came along, right? But guess what she did? She started Zooming and, and interacting with people on the internet to the point where she now has an actual cell group waiting for her when she lands as a missionary for the first time in that land, ready to be a part of. God is really changing things around. God is really moving things around, giving us new ways. You see, God's mission and purpose, our destiny, has not changed. Go make disciples of all nations. Love your neighbour. The methods and the programs and even the structures will have to change. But just for today, but not just for today, but maybe even from here on. So to put it simply, we must press on and continue to serve the Lord. In the place where He has placed us. That's why where God puts you, whether you live, work, play or worship, in your block, in your neighbourhood, in your precinct. Can we make this declaration together as a declaration of mission and purpose to serve the Lord? It's about living out the promises of His destiny so that even when we are shaken, we will be secured because my destiny is sure and my calling is set. So brothers and sisters, when you and I declare later on at the end of this service, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Number one, what we are saying, we're declaring a a, a statement of faith and commitment. We're believing that the Lord is Lord and our identity is secured. Then secondly, we are going to make this declaration, a declaration of mission and purpose because the promise of His destiny, my calling is settled. But lastly, when we make this declaration, it's going to be a declaration of submission and dedication the blessing of family. My family is safeguarded. So when we finally hear Joshua say to his people, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. What we see here is a submission and dedication of himself and his family to the Lord. A prayer cover of blessing and protection for his family. You see, the scripture reminds us in Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, we stand guard in vain. You see, as mentioned earlier, I believe Joshua knew that the significance of this moment, both from the physical, historical, geographical, and even more so from the spiritual point of view. Therefore, as the head of his family, as as in his God-given priestly and prophetic role, he made this declaration of submission and dedication of his whole family to Yahweh. This brings us back to, 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 why, why, to God's foundation of living, the blessing of family. Let's read again a scripture that we are all very familiar with in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 to 28. God created man in his own image, and in the image he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. You see, basically what God did in Genesis was that, that, that it means that for things to work in this world today, whether COVID or no COVID, whether in the midst of crisis or in the midst of confusion, we need to return to what we call factory setting again. And the factory setting is what? The blessing of family. Why family? 
why is family such a crucial unit when we come back to the purposes and the blessings of God? Because you see, like what this definition by the Zonovan Bible Encyclopedia says, the family is the centre of the covenant activity of God. You see, in the family, we live out God's unconditional love, the covenant-keeping God of marriage. In the family, we experience God's undeserving grace, the compassion of God in parenting. Our children will always be our children and nothing can change them. Through the family, grace is a blessing we receive even though we do not deserve it. And living out and experiencing His amazing grace, we see and experience God in family. That's why when we start putting all this together, in the pandemic time, uh, during this pandemic or no pandemic, we can see why the final battleground for the hearts and soul of man is really in the family. God's highest order creation. Thus, when lockdown and circuit breaker drives us back to the homes and the families, we can see God's hand and hand in restoring and rebuilding families for His purpose and His glory. Even in crisis, the opportunities to secure families for God right, is there. And as I said again, this is not just about Christian families. It is about all families. So when Joshua declared, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, what I believe he was modelling for us is personal responsibility and ownership. He was modeling that for the blessing of God over his family. He knows that this is the best legacy and protection he can give and leave to his family and the strongest foundation that he can build on as a nation. Personally, in my last 30 years of full-time ministry, this has really been one of my own life's mission and call to see families strengthened and thriving. When families are strong, nations are strong. When families are weak, nations are weak. That's why we say a nation of family builders or a family of nation builders. So for all the responsibilities that you and I carry at work or even in ministry, there's one level of accountability and responsibility that we cannot delegate away. And that is our responsibility to our family and in particular, our spiritual responsibility over our family. Now I want to emphasize again, and make clear that indeed the Word of God does have special roles for fathers and mothers and uh, fathers and husbands. But today, this principle of taking responsibility and accountability over families is applicable to all. Why? Because we are all, all, all part of a family. And each one of us have a God-given unique relationship that we can stand in the gap and take responsibility for our family. This is both a very sobering and yet an exciting truth of this declaration today. You can stand in the gap. You can declare this blessing over your household, over your family. and over. Why? Acts 16.31 says this, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. This is the blessing of family. In my many years of ministry, especially as a youth pastor, I've had the joy of seeing many young people making this declaration and committing their families to God and to see the miracles that God brings in each and every one of them where every member of their family, one by one, in this simple step of faith, comes to know the Lord. Because when they say, as for me and my household, they take that personal responsibility to it. I love this little story. Imagine I pick up a coffee cup right now. One day as I'm holding this coffee cup in my hand, okay, someone comes along and bumps into me and shakes my arm and makes me spill coffee all over. Question, why did you spill the coffee? Now, a very good and valid answer would be because someone bumped into me, of course, right? But wrong. Listen carefully. You spilled coffee because there was coffee in your cup. Had there been tea in your cup, you would have spilled tea. Whatever is inside the cup is what will spill out. So yes, in these times of shaking and great uncertainty, we will be shaken 
you will be rattled. The question is, what's in your cup? And the more important question, what's going to spill out? As we ourselves have seen and experienced in the season, in this season of much shaking, the family is not spared. In fact, as it is the foundation, it is going to be a necessary shaking and a necessary target. So unless the Lord builds the house, we labour in vain. So it is indeed, indeed a time more urgent than before to pray over our families, to bring before God our children and our loved ones, to stand in the gap for our household, to safeguard our families. So in closing, in a few moments, we're going to fill our family cup with this declaration. The music team can come up. We're going to make this declaration, in one sense, three times over. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to say it three times. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And each time we say it, we remember again that it is a declaration of faith and commitment. It is a declaration of the mission and purpose that God has given to us as a family. It is a declaration of submission and dedication of our families to God. So if you are ready, I'd like to invite you, wherever you are, out there connected to us in this service, whether you're in a living room or in an open space, or even in your own bedroom, or even in your study room, or even a study or in a table, or even maybe some of you may have to be outside. I would like to invite you to pause and stand where you are. And if you're with your family, fathers, mothers, stand together. Have your children stand with you. Because we're going to enter into a very sacred moment right now where we're going to take this moment in time, in, in God's time, to declare and to decide and dedicate our families to the Lord. This Father's Day is going to be a very special one for you, fathers. As you stand there with your spouse, as you stand there with your children, as you make this declaration, as you lead in this declaration, and as your wife and your family and your children come along with you. We're going to do this together. And you know that as the head of this home, as the prophet and priest over your family, when you speak these words, it is going to come on them as a unique cover and blessing and protection upon them. So I'm going to give you a few moments right now to just gather yourself with your family. Maybe quieten your heart and your spirit. And be prepared. And be prepared to declare this with all your heart. So in a moment, I'm going to lead you. And when I lead you, fathers, I want you to, if you can, be at the top of your voice. Mothers, children, declare together in support, standing with your dad, your mom, your family. And right there in that household, I believe right now, the Holy Spirit is there. And He's going to receive our prayers. He's going to receive our dedication. As a dedication of faith, a declaration of mission and purpose, but most of all, a declaration of submission and dedication of our loved ones to Him. So are you ready? Would you now intentionally from the bottom of your heart say and declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
Father, I want to thank you for this very sacred moment you've brought to us in our families, in our living rooms, and in our homes. Father, today I know that you have established a church in every household. Today, Lord, I know that as we declare this, you have set up your ecclesia in every family. Lord, we believe that this is your divine plan for our nation and for our community. That as we stand apart, as we dedicate our families before you, that the foundation of society, that the foundation of community will be strong and will rise up in our nation's destiny to serve you and to believe in you, to commit ourselves to you and to know that the welfare of this nation rises out of the welfare of families that are strong for you. So Lord, we submit and we pray the Holy Spirit's presence now. Lord, I pray especially now for the fathers of the land and the fathers of the family. I pray in Jesus' name there will be a unique call and anointing that will come now upon them, even right there in the household. And that they will know their purposes and their call. They will know their, 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 their intentions and the meaning that you have given to them in this very unique time. Lord, come. We open up our families to you. We open up our homes to you. We open up all of ourselves into you and believe, Lord, Lord, you are going to do something, something unique and different in this land. Father, mark this on our doorway today. Strike these stakes in our homes today. Lord, lift this up as a banner over our families and our household because we believe that God, you are raising families for you and the family's altar established in Jesus' name. So Father, we thank you. We thank you. I pray a special covering and protection especially over the fathers today. Lord, even as they remember Father's Day, I pray that there will be a sobriety in their spirit to know their call and their purposes in their lives for their families and their household. Lord, I stand in that place as a father and as a grandfather. In Jesus' name, I say again and I declare again, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen.